0: Episode number 55 of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How are we all doing today? That is great to hear. It is a Sunday. I went out, made a little trip to FedEx yesterday to pick up a package that I had ordered from superheroes.com. A whole bunch of amazing swagger that they have for DC and Marvel stuff. Currently wearing an X-Men animated series hat along with a three-quarter t Green Lantern baseball shirt. And when I tell you that this stuff is actually quality, it is quality. It's really, really good stuff. I got a Swamp Thing t-shirt uh, based right off the Alan Moore comic. And uh, they give you a free item with your stuff. So I picked, you know, random. I, I said for them to, to surprise me or whatever. And I got this pair of socks. And it was like... Live Fast, Die Clown, I think it says on it. And it's got Harley Quinn and Joker stuff on it. And, you know, that's, that's just right up my alley. There's a bunch of stuff out there. A bunch of news going on. You hear about Marvel with Daredevil, Born Again. Have you heard about this? So I just want to talk about it quickly because it's this weird thing that has occurred and has sort of come out in the media... Um, this week, it's kind of been brought to light, that Marvel has completely uh, scrapped anything that they've done with Daredevil Born Again. Now, that's the series that they were going to release on Disney+. And uh, I heard that those first four episodes that they wrote, they don't even have him. They don't even have Charlie Cox in the Daredevil suit until episode four or five. So thank God. They scrapped it. Could you imagine four episodes of Charlie Cox just playing Matt Murdock? It's basically, it would be basically season one of Daredevil all over again on Netflix. And if you haven't seen like the Daredevil show on Netflix, it is good. And that's definitely the route they're going to go, I think, with the rewrites. But there's there's got to be more Daredevil. You guys got to just dive right into it is how I feel. Like, I want to see a lot of him in the suit. I want to see a lot of him, you know, doing his thing. And, you know, Marvel is... They've kind of openly apologized, I've heard. They're, like, openly apologizing for how vanilla things have been. And they're using Secret Wars as a soft reboot that has now been confirmed by Kevin Feige. And he says that they've barely scratched the surface with what they want to do. So, like... It's like a quick little buff paint finish and polish on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Um, during Avengers Secret Wars is how I take it. They're going to polish that baby up and we're going to get new variants of, maybe not even variants, but new versions of uh, Iron Man and Captain America maybe. And, you know, the whole crew, the whole shebang who knows what's going to happen with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It's uh the whole Sony thing for me is a it's a weird thing right now. Like Sony, they always want to establish. Like I heard like that Kraven the Hunter was supposed to be the main villain in um No Way Home. And now I look at this and the article says that Sony would not allow Marvel to use Kraven because they felt as though Kraven needed a solo movie first. Like, what is Sony's thing with these anti heroes like, these anti-hero um, movies to establish the Sinister Six? I, I don't really fully understand where they're coming from with that. Like, Venom in 2018 with Tom Hardy was great. And then... Let there be carnage with shit. And they're doing a third one for Venom. And it's like, I just feel like you guys need to just pull your universes together or reset, restart, whatever, because it's starting to get real muddy. And I don't like it. I don't. I want answers. I'm so impatient. And then there's the strike happening with <laughs> the SAG after strike. And I, listen, I want the writers to be paid what they deserve. And I want the actors to be paid what they deserve. But I also really, really want content out there. So let's just find a negotiation here, please. Executives, just sign the papers and pay these people what they deserve. Like enough is enough. And we need content, man. We're starving out here, man. We're starving. But in all, in all seriousness, there is some good content, uh, out right now and has been coming out. Um, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon is next weekend. That is actually coming up here, October twentieth. Yeah, and that's Scorsese's newest, and uh, people are liking it. People are liking it, and uh, they're kind of they're saying it's sort of like Gangs of New York esque Scorsese. Now, if you've never if you've never seen Gangs of New York, it is a, it's a different Scorsese, in my opinion. It really is. Because it's not just good acting performances by Leo and Daniel Day-Lewis and Liam Neeson and, you know, all the top dogs that Scorsese works with. It's more just like that style of movie was a little bit different and the story is a little bit out there. It really is. Like the butcher. You're the butcher. I'll carve you up. He was so good in that, Daniel Day-Lewis. He's... uh. It's funny. What do you call an actor that is not overrated and underrated? Or underrated, I should say. Because Daniel Day-Lewis is exactly as advertised every time. He is really good. Let there be blood. That is, that is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Right here on the podcast. And, and, and the reason I said that Daniel Day-Lewis is, one, like, some of the best acting I've ever seen in Let There Be Blood is he's he is just such an aggressive guy to watch on screen. Like, he can make his blood boil on screen. Like, you feel the rage inside of that guy in that movie. And he really projects that out towards the audience, like... And Paul Dano is in that movie, in Let There Be Blood, and uh, or There Will Be Blood, I should say. And uh, his performance is good in that. I mean, speaking of Paul Dano, I saw a picture of him sitting beside one of the executives from the Batman, and they were just—they're still supporting his his comic that he released, Riddler Year One. And I think that is so cool, man. Like we've got a guy who is so committed to his character. But also is like so intrigued and into the world that like Matt Reeves has built, that he just goes right ahead and just creates uh, a year one version of his character, the Riddler. And the comic itself is it's it's known to be very good. Like people like the art, people like uh, the message that comes behind the the pages of Paul Dano's work. And I think he's a very impressive guy, man. He is. And uh, with the Batman sequel coming out in 2025, I think it's important that we mention the rumors of uh, Hush being the villain, but potentially that has been uh, rumored lately. And I'll tell you this, man, like Hush is a good story. If you've never read Batman Hush, that's a great comic with a great story. And there are actually hush Easter eggs in the first Batman movie, uh, the Batman movie, I mean, with Matt Reeves there. Um, when we see the um, the unfolding of Bruce's family and when we see the lies that his dad had told or whatever, you do see that there's a reporter that was killed, essentially, um, by... Falcone to keep things quiet and that reporter this is where Hush comes from the Hush story could you know it could uh, like come from that event happening because in the comics Hush is born from sort of a similar style as Batman in that his father is killed or his parents are killed and he's got a you know, he comes back in, in vengeance towards towards Batman. And I think that would be intriguing to to see a new villain on there. You know, I, I and I've heard sort of rumors of Clayface being involved. And like that's fantastical, right? Like that's out there. Clayface is out there for me. But I feel as though they're gonna try and establish as many villains as possible and they're gonna keep rolling. I hope the Bat Suit gets upgrades. The Bat Suit deserves upgrades. It's such a good suit for a year two suit. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get some more. Let's get into it. You know what I mean? And I mean, with that being said, like, what upgrades could Batman's suit be? Like, I really think that the cowl for Pattinson is going to stay somewhat consistent throughout the films. As far as the body armor and the suit armor, etc., That could change. That could evolve over time. It really could. And he could get upgrades in the next film. And how much time has passed is also a great thing to ask. What else is out there, man? You see Priscilla? You see the trailer for that? I don't know what I thought about that. Like, what did you guys think of that? If you haven't seen Priscilla, that is the story of Elvis, but it's told from Priscilla's perspective. So you will see the different sort of stages of Elvis Presley's life, like as we've seen in uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, although it's told from a different perspective. It's told from Priscilla's perspective, and it's based on the book that Priscilla wrote about the king himself. And uh, I'll tell you, man, I was really impressed with Jacob Elordi. I know Jacob Elordi from kissing booth on Netflix. Uh, I really like his character in that he's cool. And, uh, euphoria on HBO. Now euphoria, if you guys haven't watched euphoria, that is, uh, that is a hell of a show. And it has, it has, uh, brought us quite a few of the big players here in the acting world. Now, like I think of Sydney Sweeney and, uh, Funny enough, like Sydney relates directly to this podcast because she will be um, playing, I forget what her character is, if it's Felicity. No, that's who I wanted her to play. Anyways, she's she's going to be in Madame Web coming up. And they just recently announced what her character is, but I don't remember what it is. Um, and of course, Dakota Johnson's in that one as well. And that's another Sony Movie Like, Madame Web, she she shows up in, like, the old Spider-Man cartoons and stuff. And, like, she's teleporting Spider-Man to the moon. And, you know, he's got to fight his, his Sinister Six in order to go back to Earth and stuff. Like, Madame Web's a cool character. I just don't understand how it's like a solo Sony movie. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm just being picky. I got way off track, by the way. All I was trying to say with the whole Killers of the Flower Moon thing is... Leo's performance, Leo DiCaprio is supposed to be so good in that. And I think the story could be pretty cool. Like I like Scorsese's movies. They're three hour movies. They're long. Um, They're purposeful though. Like they have a point. They always, always have a point. And I want to say like for me, seeing De Niro in a movie with DiCaprio and it's a Scorsese movie, like I love that shit. So I'm going to go watch that. I want to go see it next weekend. I just don't know if there's going to be time. Should I make time? I should probably make some time. You know what I mean? I did a podcast on the movie that I saw last week. Was it last week? Two weeks ago now. Holy smokes, time's flying. Um, I went and saw The Creator. Loved it listen to that episode if you have not. It's uh, it's interesting to kind of go down the path of AI and talk about robots and stuff like that. I wanted to talk about A24 today because that studio is coming out with some stuff, man. Like, they have stuff coming out. Uh, did you guys see the trailer for Iron Claw? That's with Zac Efron. He plays a wrestler, three brothers. And... Uh, Yeah, it just seems like their sort of biopic story of how they grew up with a bit of a strict father and how they rose to the the top of the wrestling world. And Zac Efron looks like he's freaking roided right out of his head. But he's, like, super jacked. Like, he just looks like a really big wrestler, you know? And I love wrestlers. I love, like, that big, bulky wrestler look in movies. Like, did you ever see the wrestler with... uh, Mickey Rourke, that movie, he got really big for that too. And that's a perfect example of like that wrestler bod. You know what I mean? Like WWE style is so like Logan Paul and those guys now. But I feel as though like there was a different look and a different style to the, to the wrestlers back in the day. And that's, that's what kind of energy is uh, that Zac Efron is bringing in this trailer. I wanted to talk about uh, about these rumors of uh, Jason Momoa that are coming out. Like he was showing up drunk to set and stuff for Aquaman 2, I heard. And obviously that's been sort of uh, put out because that was Amber Heard's crew and Amber Heard's people that were saying that and uh, that she felt uncomfortable with the way that Jason was dressing because he was dressing like Johnny Depp. And it's like... Well, have you seen how Jason Momoa dresses? Like, he dresses a little bit like Johnny Depp does. Just, he just does. So I think she's bullshitting again. He seemingly, like Jason Momoa, he seemingly confirmed that he was going to be, like, he'll be Lobo in the DCU. We got to talk about the DCU. Superman Legacy is probably the biggest movie that I can think of for, from a, from a world-establishing standpoint. Like, Superman Legacy has to be so good. Has to be so, so good. And the style of it has to suit the needs that is a DC universe. I am so ready for a full DC universe. No drama, no confusion. I mean, right now, we're in a bit of a confusion stage with the DCU because it hasn't gotten off the ground yet. We're not off and running yet. So it's, James Gunn was quoted saying like, it's okay to be a little bit confused right now because this is the confusing stage. But you'll see soon enough. And that's where I feel like Superman Legacy, there's a chance that this film could be really special and it could really set the tone for a DC universe that we as fans are ready to see. He's like chomping at the bit to release more casting news. And he can't yet because of the strikes. I believe the strikes are coming to a close here. It's got to be soon. And I just think as though, like, it's weird to me that you would use actors that were in the DCU, but you've now confirmed that the DC actors from the Justice League, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, Ray Fisher, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, those characters, those six, will not return. Will not return as their characters in the DCU. Those will all be recast. Confirmed. So Jason Momoa, for me, to somewhat confirm that he's going to play Lobo, whether that's in Superman Legacy or whether it's somewhere down the line in the future of the DC universe, he needs to be unrecognizable for that to work. Otherwise, it could take me right out of it. I do not want to see Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman in the DC universe, or the DC extended universe, I should say. I don't want to see him as a different character now. Even if it does look fantastic, maybe I'm being a little bit square-headed on that. It's just a thing for me. You can't just take Aquaman from the previous thing, change him into a Superman villain, and put him in Superman, and that be the first movie of your reboot. No. Even down the line. No. Like, oh, isn't that guy Aquaman? But he's playing a villain now? What villain is that? Oh, that's from the other universe that doesn't exist anymore, right? And I don't even want that conversation to take place. You know? It's a timing thing for me, man. It really is. It's a timing thing. Because if you have Jason Momoa in your timeline, in this new DC universe and he's playing Lobo, but he's a completely different version of anything we've seen of him. It's still going to confuse audiences. Aquaman grossed a billion dollars. He's got a sequel coming out in like a month that nobody's talking about. And you're going to bring him over to the DC universe. I listen, I won't I won't shoot the messenger and I won't be upset at this until it happens or until I'm proven wrong that this is a good this was the best idea on the planet. I feel as though DC is going to have heroes that people are going to really want to look like. You know what I mean? Marvel for me People loved Marvel, and it was really childish in a way. The suits got way cooler and adult-like. They really did. But when Marvel first came out, it was four kids. You know what I mean? But the adults, the, the adults that have DC lore in their veins that are ready for this, maybe I'm a little out of control. It's just how I feel, man. I got to say... <laughs> On a completely different note, the hockey season has started here in Canada and our Oilers are off to an 0-2 start. Just an atrocious start to the year. They got whopped. They got walloped, walloped, absolutely walloped. 8-1 against Vancouver in Vancouver. And then they came back to Edmonton and just last night they lost 4-3. So it was a it's been a bit of a rocky start. But the reason I brought up the hockey season is because I've been watching Shorzy on Crave. Have you guys seen Shorzy? It was like the first episode drove me nuts because you you got to get used to the way the guy talks. Whatever that the main character's name is, like the actor. I mean, I know his his character is Shorzy, obviously, but the the actor the actor who plays Shorzy, by the way, he wrote and directed well, for sure wrote, maybe not directed, but wrote um, the show. Like, he created the show. And it's a good show. Like, I'll tell you, man, I'm a hockey fan, and uh, I've been around the guys who talk like Shorzy. And um, I've been the guy who talks like Shorzy sometimes, maybe not to that extent. But that, that, it's, it's accurate. It's a very accurate show. And there's something about watching an accurate show that makes you feel, I don't know. It takes me back to the days of like being annoyed with how people talk and, you know, just being a hockey guy and enjoying hockey. And Shorzy does a lot of that for you. And, I mean, Terry Riley's in that show. I listened to the Spit and Chicklets podcast the other day and like he's on there and he's talking about the show and stuff. And I was like, ah, you know, I'll give it a go. And the first episode, I was like, man, I just... I don't know this is way out there and it's he kind of talks funny and he looks funny and things are weird and then and then all of a sudden he starts recruiting his boys for the team and uh, they're just I don't know there's something about guys playing hockey in a league that doesn't matter doing their very best and like trying to win and like it's the it's the shit of hockey, you know it's like fight, be dirty lose teeth, kind of hockey. And that's what Shorzy kind of brings. (laughs) I don't know. I I really, I I really enjoyed watching Shorzy. A couple of things to talk about coming up, like Monarch. Have you seen the show Monarch, this Godzilla? Um, I don't know if it's a prequel or if it's uh, reboots or what do you want to call it, but it, it's essentially, people are saying it's the similar filming style to Godzilla 2014 with Aaron Johnson and, uh, oh boy, who else is in that? Brian uh, Cranston. It's similar to that, but it's got like a storyline of humans that you actually care about. The story in Godzilla 2014 was just horrible. It's laughable. So like when you have a good story that keeps you engaged and then there's this giant lizard attacking San Francisco, etc. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want to see. Monarch looks great. I'll give it that for sure. It looks really, really good. And uh, I wanted to shout out somebody that I don't like. And this is, you know, I want to say this to you guys as, as a fellow fan of basically all celebrities and uh, actors and actresses throughout the world, I always give people a fair chance when I watch them. And I always give people a fair chance when I watch their interviews, etc. And Brie Larson is a person that I do not like. I have not liked her from, you know, anything after her Oscar. So she won the Oscar for The Room, and young Jacob Trombley from Canada, he starred alongside her in that, and she won the Oscar for it in a Best Supporting Role. And um, she was this super sweet, humble girl who just kind of looked like plain Jane, and then all of a sudden Brie Larson was cast in everything, from Fast and Furious to Captain Marvel to whatever you want to call it. And then we talk about like the Infinity War and Endgame um, press tour where she was literally undermining all of her coworkers and just being straight up rude to guys like Chris Hemsworth and Don Cheadle and, you know, different interviews that are just, they're so unbearable to watch because of how rude she's being. And yet, this has been a bad, sour taste in my mouth for years about Brie Larson. I started a show two nights ago with my wife. And I believe it's called The Scientist. I believe it's called The Scientist. It's on Apple. And Brie Larson stars in it. And I was... (sighs) I was very, like, impressed by the, by the trailer for this. I watched two episodes, three episodes, whatever it was. Um, and let me tell you, some people just fit roles. Brie Larson fits this role. She's phenomenal. It's a really good watch. It's a really good show. And it's on Apple. Highly recommend it. Still trying to find what it is. No idea what it is right now, of course. Lessons in chemistry. That is what it's called. Holy smokes. And that goes to show you something. You know, you can absolutely despise a person based on what they're doing in like on screen, on film, whatever the case is. Maybe you don't like her as an actress. Maybe you do. Who knows? Like, I liked her as Captain Marvel. I thought she was fine, you know? It's 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 dull. It's, it is what it is. But she does her part, and she does a decent job. What I don't like is the person behind the camera, when I'm watching her in, in interviews and stuff, she gives me this bad taste in my mouth, and then I start watching this show, Lessons in Chemistry, on Apple. And I say to myself, this is really, really good. And this is a solid performance from a very good actress. And that's where I feel like maybe I don't let that get in the way of my my viewing pleasure. You know what I mean? Like There was definitely a time in my life where I was like, no, I hate Brie Larson, not going to see it but that's a real narrow view, isn't it? It's a real narrow, narrow view of a big picture that we can share and that we can enjoy, <laughs> I suppose. That's my, uh, that's my two cents for you today about Brie Larson and her new show. Well, I got a few things off my chest. I talked about a collage of different things. I asked some people on my story the other day when I posted um, what they'd like to see or any episodes that uh, they would like to hear going forward. And I did get a few replies. And, you know, I want to talk about uh, Brandon Weber's reply today. He asked me to rank some DC movies, like just all DC movies. So I am going to do an episode on, on DC movies ranked. So look out for that one coming out here in the next little while. Next little while could be two months, could be two years, could be, you know, way down the line, could be tomorrow. Who knows? But I will do those. And if you guys have requests for episodes, if you like episodes, just reach out. Just reach out. Just send me something on... uh, I'm always looking for ideas, you know? Because as easy as it is to sit at this mic and just talk about the shit that I love, it's also cool to know what people like to listen to. And like, I get inspired when people are like, yeah, let's talk about this or let's talk about that. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's just awesome to get superhero content and film content, just like talk about this, this, this world that sort of doesn't exist, but it's like creative people putting their work out there for other people to enjoy is sort of how I see film in the film industry. And there are ups and downs to any industry, but honestly, man, like film has such a massive payoff in my opinion, because it's, when you watch it, you feel good when something good happens. You know, you get the chills when something good happens. You get the, you get the fear when something horrific happens. Something scares you. Something excites you. Maybe something makes you laugh. Maybe something makes you cry. That's what film does. And that's where I feel like the payoff is so rewarding. And that's why I like talking about it on this podcast, is because it's just it's awesome. It's really, really awesome. So if you've tuned into this episode, I appreciate you listening to my scrambled thoughts, my rambling on. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed our little talk. And I'll talk to you guys on the next one. I've been comic movie guy. I've been comic movie guy. I've been comic book movie guy. This has been a really good time, and I'll talk to you guys on the next one.